I mean, the common scenario for that is because people truthfully, they have this idealization of what love is supposed to be and what they think they have. But if they remove themselves from the situation and they hit reality a little bit, it may be premature with the person or they're actually not being with the person who can make a strong impact or accommodate and match or better one's true self. What is up, everyone? It is your host of the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, Scott Brandt. And within this episode, I had the pleasure of having a special guest on, Jessica Don Russell. And she talks about an idea and a process known as reunification. When she had shared what this entailed, I had to go do research. I honestly didn't know what it was. So she provides some great information for a process that somebody that you know may need to hear or take advantage of and get involved with. Jessica also shares some different information in regards to some mindset piece, some body pieces when it comes to the health of your mental capabilities and working through different situations. So after the episode, hopefully you take a look and say, okay, what can I do differently? What do I need to do differently in regards to my relationship with my kids or the relationship that I have with my mind and my body? If you're a regular listener, thank you for your support. Thank you for checking out the episode. If you're a new listener, thank you for giving your time. Check out the podcast, see what it's all about. Within the podcast, I share my journey, share different tools that I've accumulated and put in my toolbox that has helped me to overcome and get to the other side of where I'm at in regards to the journey beyond divorce. So if you know anybody that could benefit from being part of our tribe, I ask that you share the podcast and let them hear the value, let them hear what's going on. Other than that, I'll catch you guys later. We are live now, so what is up, everyone? Scott Brandt, host of the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, and I do have a special guest on with today, Jessica, and we had connected through a Facebook group uh, when I had showcased my podcast, Light of the Podcast. She had reached out, and she's got some great information. She's got a story in regards when I was talking to her, kind of aligns with what she does in her practice. And it's a, it's one of those things that when she brought it up, I was like, I don't even know what this is. So I had to go look it up when we had talked. She's like, you probably saw the end of the foster care system in kids and parents. And I was like, yep, that's what I came across. So it's called reunification. I and mean, I've got a couple things here just from her bio that sticks out with this practice with what she's doing. So she's the founder of the hip, uh, hypno Therapy Centers in HTC Empowerment in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills. She's also a partner in the NLP and Hypnotherapist Association of America, a membership association with international members in coaching, hypnotherapy, NLP practitioners, and highly credentialed individuals in the holistic wellness, mindfulness, and mental health-related fields. Priority to offer members high-level education, positive advocacy, and resources in the international local communities. And then she also has here that she lost it all in her 40s, including her mother, her inspiration, business partner, and mentor due to brain cancer. That was the beginning of lessons, harsh love, and personal reflections, pulling her into the world of mindfulness and self-awareness and life changes. 
have Jessica talk a little bit about what she does, but also the story, the one piece that when we had talked, I was like, this really does tap into what she's doing with this specific aspect of divorce and helping individuals out. Yeah, Jessica, if you want to go ahead and share the story that we talked about a little bit, and then also just kind of how what you're doing is impactful. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Jessica Don Russell. And as Scott knows, because he has a lot of information on me, I am just so I could basically put a time generation on this. I'm in my early 50s. I don't say this arrogantly, but I know I look younger. So I just kind of want to put it out there because it will make more sense as I explain things. I'm an uber entrepreneur. And I have been involved with business working with lots of people throughout my entire career life. And I have been in corporate consulting. I work with people long-term all around the world. I also um, have a very strong tie in the real estate development, investment, and consultancy world. And so everything that I've done, though, never matched my age. I was either sort of speak ahead of my time, or somehow I didn't quite fit in because I always worked out of the box. I was not a structured person. And so I think a lot of that worked well for me. But knowing what I know now, I understand why I am the way that I am. And most people don't have that ability because they haven't allowed themselves that self-reflection. So what I do mainly in my life in my career today is I do a combination of therapy, coaching, and consultancy. I have a tendency of wrapping a lot of things together because I do have multiple locations here in Los Angeles, but I basically work nationally. And now that most business is on Zoom, it's not difficult and I've always done it. So it's just basically catching your spear. We're not going to talk about hypnosis today other than saying, because right now for over a year and a half, I would say more than ever, no matter who it is, what walk of life, what level, people are becoming more self-aware of themselves on a personal, on an internal level. And this topic that we're going to talk about today is very important because When they say now that approximately 51% of marriages end in divorce, you and I talked about this before, but I mean, the common scenario for that is because people truthfully, they have this ideation of what love is supposed to be and what they think they have. But if they remove themselves from the situation and they hit reality a little bit, It may be premature with the person or they're actually not being with the person who can make a strong impact or accommodate and match or better one's true self. A lot of things happen fast. It's like a lot of people are having children before they get married. Women want to pop out a baby to trap someone or women want to, you know, fall in love and, you know, they fall in love. They think the person is the one You know, we know the stories. You want to have sex and here comes the baby. You can love someone and you're planning on getting married, but it's not so traditional as it used to be. 
And that leans into a lot of complexity. So with my background, I, I basically have worked with a lot of people that have money in business. Most of the people have been men. And because I'm in my 50s, I worked with a lot of men when women didn't really work with men and there weren't a lot of women to work with. And so for me, with this accommodation to the business, working with reunification and basically what that is, it's a service and a process that someone puts themselves through when they are either going through a divorce, they're pre-divorce or they're separating, used a lot when people, and usually it's the man who has custody conflicts. Whereas if you look at it on the internet, the common person who's not involved in this situation may see more about adoption, reunification is hard to say. When it comes to adoption, it comes from children that are removed, most of the children that removed are placed in social service situations. They're removed from the home and placed in another home, and they're disassociated with the parent. What I'm talking about today is not that. It's a private service where you have a combination. And again, the majority of the people are men. And it could be, you know, anywhere truthfully from, you know, people that are coming from a really good background, but they just have communication issues and they don't have a good rapport or respect with their ex-spouse or vice versa. Military-oriented families, you know, people that have gone through a lot of unhappy divorces where, you know, truthfully, it's like there's, there's a lot of pain, maybe a lot of ego, and maybe trauma in one spouse or both that are creating a lot of complexes. Also conflicted individuals, like people who may have experience with maybe drugs and alcohol, people that have abusive circumstances that are tied to their life and inflicted on with the spouse or perhaps the entire family with the children and so forth. And then people that have layered paperwork. I also, because I'm in Los Angeles, work with sometimes celebrities, media people, sports figures, business people, and also some politicians. It kind of gives a nice flavor, but some people just need a little bit of skill enhancement. So basically, we're talking about something that may not be a program that we offer for, say, an ex-couple or even, even now grandparents are getting involved because they want to see their grandchildren and, you know, their uh, former, you know, in-law or the son or daughter is removed. People today tend to fly off the handle because they just do or because it's triggered for something in the past and then they're very easy to get the grandparents or family members out of the family environment. So sometimes the grandparents come and say, we'd like to see our grandkids. This is what the situation is. So we offer sessions. We offer consultancy or coaching per se. And we also have circumstances that are based on mandate or court order. It's very interesting, but it, it, it is sometimes very high conflict. 
it's nice to work with people hmm. that don't have that. But basically, it's like the name, even though it's spelled differently, it's reunion, reunionification. So you're basically trying to put one party together with the other. And so we can kind of fill in the blanks on exactly what that means. But because most of my clients are men, we do have some women, but you know, the ratio truthfully is more men trying to get in touch or they're, they're getting involved with their children again. They go through something during divorce, which affects them very emotionally. And I recognize this with my own father, as I'm older now, and I look back into this, and this is the emotional part. Unfortunately for men, they kind of need to change this a little bit, but the ego gets in the way when there's the fight. Sometimes what happens is when they're in court, the lawyers and everybody involved may perhaps side more with the female, the, the, the mom of the children. So the father feels left behind, they feel neglected, they feel unheard. And unfortunately, sometimes, innocently, papers tend to layer and a profile starts building and it's negative. You know, hmm. some man who was married who for years enjoyed going out with the guys a couple of times a night, if not one night a week, turns into he's a drunk and all he wants to do is stay away from home. He never wants to spend time with us. And he comes home drunk after spending time with his friends or God knows where. Things get spewed according to what the agenda is from the other person. Once this starts layering in court, it starts becoming really hard on decision making with the father and the ex-spouse and trying to get fairness because some things are misconstrued because a lot is done between lawyer and lawyer. So I also work with those lawyers. I try, I'm not a mediator, but what we do is we, we try to obviously set up where we can create some kind of a, a long-term goal and a reunion for the parent. Part of this is, is fixing the relationship fixing the relationship specifically with the child. But the younger the child, the more we tend to get involved with the ex-spouse because we have to make that spouse comfortable, kind of put things into perspective. And, you know, there's something that I always say, it's like um, to both parties, how far do you want to go with this? I mean, when do you want this to end? Because Sometimes people get into the fight so much they don't want to get out, and then it turns into a whole different animal. And it's not just financially, but it's emotionally. And when you decide to have a baby and you have children, I don't care what the circumstance is, you're with that person most likely for the rest of that child's life or at least until they're 18 years old. But you want to make it as kind and respectful, regardless of what pain and hurt has been created with that other person. Sometimes it's just a miscommunication between the spouses and they had the wrong people involved to kind of put things back in check. And that's what oh. we do. Hmm. So do you want me to tell you my story? How, how I kind of yeah, flipped so, it a little uh, bit, but yeah, no, I, I look at it because when you had talked about 
was one of those things that based on what you're doing with this practice, as I, I, I honestly think when you actually find somebody's heart story, you can kind of pinpoint yeah. that point that really led them to what they're doing now. But yeah, no, I'd love to have you share your, your story, that central okay. story really from when we talked. I think that's truly what's led you to where you're at now. And you yeah. have that passion because of your experience. Yeah. And, and anybody who has listened to me before knows that because of my background and the fact that I do enjoy people and I've spent most of my life working with a lot of people and because I have worked with men, that took a lot of men, I, I guess, to navigate a little bit differently in themselves because Again, you know, I'm going back like, you know, 30 years here and it wasn't as common, especially on a higher level, an entrepreneur level or maybe a corporate level. I hold a lot of secrets. And so what happens with me personally, which is interesting, is a lot of people confide in me. From a young age, I've held a lot of secrets. It's been given me the ability to learn a lot and I study people. And because of that, I think definitely this has given me an edge. Now, a few things like you mentioned when you were reading a little bit of the bio, my mother and I did a lot of business together and we had a few companies uh, separately and also working together. We were very close. My mother had lung cancer that spread to the brain. It was a horrific illness for her that put an extra couple of years on living when, you know, at that point, you just hope for peace for your loved one and that they would just, you know, pass. But during that time, I had to navigate through a lot. I started to see relationship changes. And because I grew up without a father, my father was absent. But because my mom also worked with a lot of men, she had worked with some men for 20, 30 years, they became my surrogate father because I would go with my mother and sit with her at a restaurant when she was conducting her business meeting really nicely in the booth next to them, behind them, or perhaps even next to them in the same booth. And I would always listen. And so at that time, it wasn't, I guess, acceptable for a woman to do business or, you know, if a woman was seen with a man in a restaurant, something must have been going on. So she was kind of like the, the first ish decade of strong percentages of divorce. I, I grew up very differently. I missed having a father. And I've told this story before, but my father, the way that I see him, and he had passed, he, he had passed over the last decade. And so my father was a man who didn't have very high ambitions or at least didn't follow it. My mom did. I look at it like I'm not clear whose fault is what because I was very young when they divorced and I have a sister and she was an infant. I remember though my father lived not very far and to me as a child there's no excuse not to see your father. My father never really paid child support. But my mom eventually didn't care. She just really, you know, looked at the situation and thought that it would be better for him to be around. But he was not. And the reason he was not, I feel, not that I know, but I feel as I got older is because my mom became very successful. She was ambitious. She tended to do what she said she wanted to do. And my father had very low self-esteem. 
and my father financially was not eventually at that level where my mom was, I would always hear when my father would take us to the little playland at McDonald's, the comment, I'm sorry, I can't take you to someplace nicer. I don't have the kind of money your mom has, or I'm sorry, I can't take you someplace nicer. Or there was some kind of an excuse to validate why he wasn't seeing us. But I know that my mom didn't stop him. And so as I started to hear this as I got older, I started obviously to see him less and less. And then as I really got older into my teenage years and my young adult years, we basically were totally estranged. I went from seeing him not that much when I was growing up, but you know, when you're young, I remember certain triggers because that's what they become. But to him, they were excuses, but really, really created disassociation. It was because of him, I didn't see him because there was no reason why we should not have been able to see him in my mother's eyes, but in my father's eyes, he was going through something else. And so I grew up wondering, and when you're that young, you don't care if you go to McDonald's or a nice restaurant or to a nice place. You just want to be with your dad. The same thing maybe with your mom. There are certain circumstances, obviously, that, you know, it's very hard because of abuse or, you know, whatever negative relationships may be. So for me, I always looked at my mom as a model, you know, a role model, not just as a mother, but how she also treated other people's children, you know, growing up, how she worked with divorced women or, you know, men who were divorced, who had a story behind them. I remember hearing some of them. A lot of times I found it was because somewhere during the process, most of the men seemed to have been stripped of their identity and they've Mm -hmm. been stripped of their self-confidence and self-esteem. And they felt so emotionally bad. And I, I will say guilty on a, you know, therapy, a, a therapy level, an emotional level, that this prevented them from seeing their child. They felt so bad that they felt it was better not to see them and keep them a little distant, whether we're talking about a week, a month, or a year, or years, than to deal with the circumstance. And I do believe that a lot of men don't ask for help or guidance, we'll say, but they crawl back into some form of a shell rather Mm. than dealing with the conflict. And what happens is the children have their story. They have the story they hear with whatever parent they're with. And then there's the story that the mother tells them directly. And then the story that the father wants them to know. And so the confusion is with the kids. I always knew my house when I was growing up to be the place where everybody's children would play. And my mom Mm. took care of them. I have the same qualities as my mother. And no matter what business I've always been involved in, if there's a child, I focus on the child. And what people need to understand is like when you are involved with therapy with a child or you are involved with, say, reunification processes, then you have to let go of ego and allow yourself as a man because you're a human being 
to allow yourself to feel the core of what you are and, and start to become the better and best, no matter what mm. happened in your past. And that's really hard to do, especially with when you fought a battle or you're fighting a battle and you feel like everybody is against you. I, I have a lot of scars, like a lot of people, because of the divorce. If I knew that there were services out there that were not necessarily social services within the system, I would have loved to be part of that or wished my parents to be part of that after the divorce, because mm. I think that it could really help for the overall life of everybody involved, especially the kids. Yeah. And I, I look at it like you have to, you kind of have to make a determination for what's best for you as an individual. I actually have a, a friend of mine on TikTok. So I, I'm going live on TikTok right now too. They write 804. He says, I refuse to talk to my kids about their mother and myself and what happened. I focus only on our relationship and moving forward. So what Jay is talking about is he's really just focused on that relationship that he has with his kids moving forward. And I know that, and I tell people like everybody's going to be different. Yeah. I think when I look back at my situation, the, the story that I really told myself was I wasn't worthy. That lasted for about 14 months. I had to go through the, the very dark journey of having that negative thought in my head. But it also goes into the fact, too, that like you brought up, and I, I talk about it where as guys, we really are not good with our emotions. And so yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times guys are like, I can do this on my own. My no. biggest push is really helping to create the, the tribe to create that space for them. But I've had my, my daughters have asked me early in the divorce, they're like, why did you mom get divorced? And I was like, well, we just didn't love each other anymore. And I asked my oldest, I was like, did you ask your mom? why we got divorced and like yeah but mom says i'm not old enough to know right now so for mm -hmm. my my perspective i'm very open with my kids all i can do is just do what i can and i think it's also one of those very things also of not really putting any energy out there for somebody that you're not even in that life anymore with them mm -hmm. i think because if my biggest thing is if you're you're worried about what they're saying, that potentially pushes out that energy to expand and then the bad things are spoken and what you're trying to stop from happening. And then I think it bleeds into you as an individual potentially of not being very nice and being very ruthless and saying things that you probably don't want to say because you're injured and you're hurt. My, mm -hmm. It's interesting though. Why is it that it seems as if kids are the middle ground for being the pawn between partners that aren't very nice to each other? Because I've got a friend I brought up when we had our initial discussion, and he's got three kids. That relationship, they his kids just don't want to talk to him. And it mm -hmm. kind of goes into that piece of what is that other person saying on the other side? You don't know. And then it's hard because what you're trying to help mitigate is that favoritism from the kids for one parent over the other parent. And so I, I find it interesting. And why, why is, why is it that kids are kind of used as pawns? Okay. So in the world of psychology, and I'm going to get a little deep here and I'm going to try to also speed it along so I don't get too wordy, but it all starts happening genetically. The baby grows in the child. 
uh, sorry, the baby grows in the child. The, the, the baby grows in the womb or the egg grows in the womb, however politically you want to look at it. And the child understands vibrations, doesn't understand meanings of words and sentences, and obviously is not here yet. But when the child comes out, the child starts growing around an environment. Let's just say it's a mother and a father. And so the child understands tonality. Tonality for everybody is extremely vital and very, very important because of misconception and assumption. This hmm. is where most people get messed up because we take things in ways perhaps we shouldn't because we jump to an assumption too quick. Most people don't know how to communicate, so they can't expand and really understand, not just talk it, but understand what they're going through. The way that our mind works, we, we base it now on conscious mind and subconscious mind, and I won't get too complicated, but we'll just say one is like the angel and the other one is the devil. The devil soaks in all of this stuff in millions and millions every single day, whereas the angel part tries to pull some of things that have potential from badness to go to good and reverse it in our mind, in our thinking. And unfortunately, that's a small percentage, but it's very highly effective. Now, what happens in genetics, what happens by the time the child is four years old is when the seeds start to get planted. They have a little mm. bit more understanding of what's going on, who's good, who's bad, understand, you know, what they see visually, hearing, tonality, and so forth. By the time they're eight, the seeds are already growing. And this is where you have to be very careful because the child likes to follow and he likes to lead. And the child usually has a very strong attachment, we'll say in a traditional home, where the primary caretaker, which is usually the mother, is a strong bond. But there's hmm. an admiration, whether it's a, a boy or a girl, with the other caretaker, which is usually the father. Now, because the worlds are kind of different, where the mother usually works and the father usually works, it's it's a little bit you know complicated, but it has to do with changes, what they grow up through. In psychology, we say screwed up people, they end up together. One screwed up person hmm. meets another screwed up person and they have a family. And whether that's a minimalistic thought or someone's really screwed up and they really get together with another screwed up, unfortunately, their child is more out to be screwed up. But that mm. child, because they grew up around this environment, may see clarity and try to change difference and be the best self that they can be because they don't want to have the same habits morals or circumstances in their life. So now when you're talking about your situation, the biggest problem where this comes through is miscommunication and everybody's style is different. So like you, you made a comment about your wife says, you're not old enough to know. Then you said, well, we don't love each other. The perception of what that word means in each person, especially a child is very different not directing this towards you, but depending on what their age is, everybody 
dreams of love and what love is. They want to believe in the fairy tale. They're going to, you know, have that Walt Disney Cinderella-ish kind of story in my generation, that Ozzy and Harriet kind of family mm. where everything is perfect when you come home and everyone truthfully loves each other in that sense of the word. But we all know it's kind of not like that anymore. We have to just make sure with the kids that the articulation and the explanation is not because of how you want it to come out. It's how they will understand and still realistically hold on to that dream, which could be reality. Because what happens today is what the parent's action is seen by the child, not also heard, but seen by the child is going to influence their upbringing. And then all this negative stuff becomes triggers. Hmm. So, you know, and we use that word a lot, but for people who don't know what triggers are, it's basically something snaps in the brain and the conscious part of the mind, the subconscious part of the mind. It fights with everything up there about meaning, emotion, and just where to come to, you know, some kind of sense with what we're feeling or what we just heard. You know, again, it's again, it's what our perception is of something. So now when circumstances say come to therapy or comes to me for this process, it's usually because not necessarily that we'll just put it in the frank sense, traditional family, husband and wife, the husband hates the wife and the wife hates the husband. No, there's something else that created that somewhere along this road of divorce. And here's what, has to be done. You know, a lot of people will blame it on the lawyers. It could be things, you know, if you have more to fight about become dirtier and nastier in most circumstances. And when there's kids involved, they do start to become pawns mm. because parents understand how to play with the emotions. And that's what I was trying to explain when I was giving you that background. When, you know, you look at the child as they're growing up, you can say, oh, I remember when he was six years old and I did this and this is how my child responded. Or I know by experience, my child is going to respond this way when I mention this scenario. Sometimes parents intentionally sabotage their children. And a lot mm. of times it's ego, but it's also fear of loss of their children. So sometimes parents will actually say negative things and make them feel hurt, emotional pain, emotional hurt to try to get them to be closer to them rather than the other spouse. There's a lot of stuff here. So there's not a one fit answer, but it's just more than none. Depending on the circumstance, you're always going to have one dominant part of that party that is going to fiercely try to protect the child against the other, whether it's because they don't want them to be with that other parent, or maybe there's just been a lot of abuse in, in the relationship from that other person. And, you know, as the child gets older, obviously it's harder and harder to hide this from that child, but the child most likely has already been affected because they know a loveless family is just that. And the children know it. They tend to see, you know, why aren't my parents holding hands? You know, why aren't they sleeping in the same bed? They're always yelling or why are they talking loudly all the time with the door closed? Because you don't want to 
you know, yell in front of them. A lot of parents just, you know, they just let everything go. And the truth of the matter is, unfortunately, children today, no matter where they're living around the country or all around the world, they don't live a child life. They live Mm. an adult life. They take in everything that they take in as they're growing day by day. And they're also taking in what you are going through that they see, what their other party is going through, and they absorb it like a sponge. And somehow this is where the parent has to intervene and say, I have to clean their lifestyle, their environment, and not expose them to so much. Because the people today, the adults, they just talk. They don't think, oh, I better not say this in front of my child, whether it has to do with, you know, especially lately with what's been going on, you know, our environment, our world, our politics, our relationships, what we see on television. We, we sit as a family per se, and, and we watch TV. We don't think it's not appropriate for children and we just play it. So all of these things build in the child in different ways. I work with children that are, there's hope. And some are going through a lot of, so to speak, trauma because of the relationship that their parents have gone through with each other. And the truth of the matter is it has to do with choices. And if we made better choices way back when, then a lot of this perhaps would not have happened or we can do things a different way. But a lot of times when you know people come to us, it's a scenario where we give mental therapy in different forms and you know we also coach and we also work separately as a program with the child and then there's another sort of speak say session during the week where they come together some hmm. parents will just say because most of your viewers are men some men who come to me and they're estranged from their children for whatever reason especially now because most everything is over Zoom. Younger children, it's very difficult to have this kind of conflict, I think, work faster than in person, but it's possible. But see, as the child is younger, then usually another family member on the ex's side or the ex has to be next to the Zoom in order for the child to be focused and stay on the Zoom. And if you have a really harsh relationship with your child, your child may not want to talk to you, or you may hear the word hate, or there's, you know, strong feeling and resentment in that child. So this is where reunion, you got to remember that it's, it's to have a reunion or create a reunion. The reunification is to set up so you can get to that point. It's not mediation, but be like the middle person to make this happen. But you can't make this happen at a snap of a finger. Sometimes, honestly, it takes years, whereas other times it could just take, you know, a few months. But it's just really about the child because a lot of children have circumstances emotionally that need to be addressed first because putting them together with their loved one could be very traumatic for them and they're not ready for it. And hmm. I tell some clients when you, when you try to put the child even though you're yearning that you want to see your child now it's sometimes better to you know be strong and stand tight, you know, to just hold on 
a little bit longer and let the professionals emotionally work with your child so you have your better and your best for the long term not just thinking of the short-term goal because the hmm. children have been affected in a lot of ways and one thing that is cheaper also if you're still going through the circumstance with court or you have lawyers is that the person who is working with you with reunification usually has whatever level but a decent relationship sort of speak with the ex and this could be a threat to some of the male clients because it's like i pay you and i'm paying you to put the relationship together between me and my child but yeah. you have to remember this is kind of what it was like as they say when you're married happy wife happy life it's the same thing happier ex-wife happier lives we actually are able to find out information or smooth issues that could and i find more than not are miscommunications between both of the exes it's like someone says well you're like a spy you know you're going to turn on me no i find this out from the ex and then i bring it to your attention and it's like an aha moment and it doesn't cost you a thousand dollars or tens of thousand dollars with the lawyer or the court just straighten it out you know yeah. is there anything that you want me to explain or to bring to the other side because some exes don't talk to each other some people have restraining orders against them there's circumstances that are just so extremely raw because it's a newer divorce or it it's just destroyed and the other party will not absolutely speak with the other person each circumstance is different but you have to think of the kids but with this kind of service it is becoming more and more well known it's known here in you know california new york you know a lot of the bigger more rural city oriented type of states because it's part of unfortunately our lifestyles more here than where else now we're going through something right now where there's a lot of unhappy people living together and there's people who didn't realize how unhappy they are until now unfortunately for the last decade or so a lot of people have this idea it's cheaper to stay married than to get a divorce and so we definitely have a lot of problems but where the problems really get dumped on is the kids mm. and i find that unique in regards with you brought up the fact that it's cheaper to stay together than to get a divorce and I think that thought process right there can really jack up the kids even more because now they're in an environment that's very, it could be very harmful because you have two people that are staying together just because of the kids and that bleeds and affects the kids. And it's just, it's impactful because kids do, they're like sponges. It's true. Kids are sponges. They stuff up a lot of different things the it's it's a trouble spot because now you have people that are falling in and it's just that it affects every part of life and whatnot and i, I find it yeah. unique because i've got jay had a couple things that he brought up he said i don't want my kids to think negative about their mother regardless of how i feel so he had talked about not talking about the mother to the kids because he doesn't want that to bleed in like i feel you years of physical and mental abuse wears you down 
My youngest was diagnosed with ODD just uh, here just a few months before I finally kicked his mother out. That was nearly five months ago. He's a completely different child now without her around. He's improved tenfold in school and in martial arts. The social interactions have improved. He's becoming more empathetic and compassionate again. That right there sounds like there was some of that energy that was being put off. And then the kid potentially had that flip where that energy was impacting them and then it was impacting their environment. I think it's it's a unique thing too because you said you worked or talked on a gentleman's podcast up in Canada a couple of times. And yeah. they talked uh, that he had brought up the fact that as gentlemen, there's not a lot of resources out there. Or I think you even brought it up at the beginning too was by the time gentlemen go and search it out, they're potentially so far down this very destructive path or very dark path that it can be very, very hard because I look at it, you may have a bunch of layers that have piled up over that one big impactful thing for him. Because I know for me, when I went through my divorce, my identity was the relationship. And then when that relationship went kaput and I was on my own again and single, I that's where I was telling myself I was <laughs> worthless. I wasn't worthy. Yeah. And, but I also tell people I got married very young too. I got married at the age of 19. I turned 20 while I was oh, wow. for the Air Force. So I, I was at that point where I really didn't know myself uh, as we were dating. I, I told my ex, I was like, I know we're meant to be married, but this was also being very young and like seeing everything else and letting that impact it. But yeah. now with my journey going through, really reconnecting with myself, I, I tell people, I'm like, our biggest relationship we have to work on and really get strong is the one with ourselves. Everybody else, whether that's a friendship, a, a partnership, a business partnership, an intimate relationship, the other party is that complementary piece to you as an individual. So you're working to complete yourself and then that other person's an extension of making you happy, but they're not the one that you're relying on to make you happy. And I think we've got to the point, like you brought it up too, where you have two individuals that are screwed up and they're looking at each other to... One person doesn't love themselves, but they're like, love me. The other person's in the same boat of, I don't love myself, but you need to love me. So it's like, okay, how Take do you Take something show from the yourself? other person that you can use to fix yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you, you so, touched on a couple of things. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I was going to bring up the fact on with with men, what's because my perspective on it, we are at a, a society that guys are like, I can do everything on my own. I don't need the help, even though we grew up yeah. in tribes. And so back in those times yeah. when tribes were real big, you had people to go to as an outlet. It wasn't one person to be the end all for you you had these other people so for your perspective why do you think it is a hard pressing thing for men really to go and search for help or ask for help and also this piece too when it comes to the relationship with the kids i think sometimes and i think you brought it up potentially they become deflated and they don't want to go fight and so they end up giving up and losing that relationship in them because they've just gotten tired of being beat up. So for your perspective, yeah. why is it such a difficulty for men in the divorced arena? Okay, well, I feel truthfully, it's it's a couple of reasons. You know, I got to really think about it, which, you know, takes time, but I can come up with more. But truthfully, we still are living generationally. Men are men are women and women. You know, men are supposed to be away. 
and women are supposed to be that way. And I get that because I come from that generation where it's like, yeah, but it's kind of breaking. And now it's really broken for younger generations because you can't differentiate truthfully one from the other. They're being raised or they have to understand when they get out there, the more you know, progressive their city is that we're all the same. So now if you go to the Midwest or, you know, you go to, you know, certain states where people are more spread out or more Southern states specifically, or, you know, you go to like Montana where everybody lives like every hundred or every thousand acres away. These are the areas where either they don't have the correct resources or their belief system is not really open and progressive hmm. enough to understand therapy, or definitely men don't go to therapy. And you have to really understand this is the one life. And this is the one life that we know it. And you don't necessarily have to go and tell your friends, but you have to do what you feel is going to be better for your life. Now, this is very interesting, because a, a lot of people don't understand that this is part of being with this process, especially if it's court mandated or something, you need to work on yourself to be the best and better for your kids. But truthfully, you have to know where to navigate yourself and get through life. so You can be healthy and happy. Now, we won't get into a lot of other conversation, but I know a lot about this. I have a lot of certifications, accreditations and blah, blah, blah. And I speak about this all the time is that your mind affects your body. And if your body is not right, or there's something that's really going wrong, it affects your brain and your mind. Hmm. It affects your actions, your thinking, and your probability. It's going to affect your relationships. You have to decide what's important. It's ego that keeps you back. And men, of course, think with a different ego. If you really take a look and, and your friend mentioned or your viewer mentioned about his child, you don't even want to get me going there because whenever t somebody tells me that their child has a disorder, especially if it's in the last couple of years, definitely this year, I can say, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And they, they're telling me also that they put their ch child on medication. I'm like, mm. I'm not a doctor, but I'm a believer. And I definitely understand functional and integrative health and medicine. And that is, again, how the mind and how we are at this moment affects our body and the body affects the mind. And when one is off sync, everything starts going downhill. That includes illness and disorders. And when children, for example, going with what all of us have gone through in the last year and a half. Now, I'm in Los Angeles, so I would say probably about 60% of Los Angeles or Southern California is still on lockdown. Mm. I have two kids, and my kids are still being homeschooled on Zoom. My kids are fine. One of them is a little bit susceptible to this, but there's something called ticks, which is something that occurs in not all, but a lot of children 
because of anxiety. Stress and anxiety are different, but when children, especially, or teenagers, don't understand themselves, their brain, how they function, they store stuff. Hmm. People who don't understand themselves are on constant overdrive. They don't eat well. They take too much sugar. They may have disorders. Their health is not up to par. They start getting completely out of control and their body starts to decline. Hmm. So when someone tells me my son was diagnosed with this, my son was diagnosed with that, my daughter, whatever, I'm like, tell me about it. One thing that we noticed is that it's called tics, you know, where they'll like twitch the eye or they'll grunt or, you know, they'll do something with their facial or, you know, some kind of thing. When a, a parent who has a child that's doing this and they're not used to seeing that, they go to a lot of doctors or specialists. Medical professionals are wonderful. Thank God for them. However, they don't learn health. Mm. They don't necessarily learn mind and body. And the first thing they do understand is, especially if they don't know how to answer you, is to write a prescription. Mm. The answer is in the body. Okay, so when you have a child or an adult who can't understand how to purge out the anxiety or a depression it could lead to other things because it stores. And that's where any of your viewers should look into integrative health so they can understand mind and body. It's not crazy shit, excuse my language. It's so not good. weird stuff. It's what we are, but we're just not informed about it. Doctors yeah. don't understand health. We have two brains. We have the one here and the other one in our stomach, our gut. Our stomach can create unbelievable mess. Hmm. And this includes some of my clients. When I work with the men, they are at wit's end and they are such a mess. You look at them, they look bad. They can't say two sentences together because they mumble because of stress and anxiety. And they are depressed and God knows whatever else they've gained weight. And they're not themselves. Their mm. security in themselves, their strength, their ego as a man, their masculinity is down on the floor. And they're crying. Have to let it go. It doesn't matter. Man or woman, you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. Take care of your health first. Get yourself off the ground with that and start trying to continue it. Because when your body feels good, your mind will start working better. A lot of these disorders will be alleviated because a lot of the disorders, even the harsh ones, OCD, ODD, PTSD, cancer, a lot of stuff, a lot of illness, stomach issues. When you're emotional and you're stressed out, why does your stomach hurt? Why do you feel like you're going to throw up or you got to go to the bathroom or whatever? Yeah. It's because the mind affects the body. So just knowing something like this and you're an adult, look at the kids. Okay, so when you come into a really good practitioner or a, a, you know, a company or a service, 
that is trying to go through this process with you. They should understand health. And I'm not talking about necessarily nutrition as in a dietitian. I'm talking about just health, mind and the body. Hmm. Holistic is becoming very popular. All it is is just getting back to natural. If you're if you're in Montana and you have a farm and you're growing lettuce and everything, it's just just cut down on the meat a little bit cuz protein is good, but eat more lettuce. That that's yeah. what holistic is. It's it's not weird and voodoo and you know the crazy stuff that a lot of people say, you know, but that's against the male ego, but you can get on YouTube. You can read a little bit more on the internet with caution because not everything is correct or real. You want to go to a good place and get yourself back to wellness and mindfulness, which is in mind for those of you don't know, because a lot of people talk about mindfulness. Now, this is the curve that we're hitting is doing things to clean up the past so you can think at that moment, in that moment, to move forward. Mm. That pertains to business. That pertains to relationships. It pertains to you. You have choices. And so if you choose negative choices, you have to decide, I'm going to try something different or I'm going to start cleaning myself up and stop attracting and putting those negative choices in action and do something positive. And you have to really start doing something positive for yourself. You know, there, there's like, I, I can put it on the other side. Like there, there's an old saying for mothers, especially mothers are like, I gotta, I gotta give, you know, I, I have uh doesn't matter. One potato left. I have no money. I'm poor. I'm this, I'm that. I have one potato left. I have to give the food to my children. No. You have to give yourself some of that because without yeah. you being well, you can't take care of anything. You can't take care of your children. It's the same thing with the man. But, mm. you know, you have to make decisions. However, nobody expects what is in the middle of all of this with a separation, a divorce, or, you know, in the path of the life of unhappy couples that separated in any of these, you know, combinations that we're talking about today. But it's your choices. It's your choices. There isn't anybody that could have gone to the extreme with hatred, anger, abuse, this, that, who can't clean up the situation and show better to the other side and make it better. It's just someone has to break it and start it off and rebuild the trust and communication. But the, the truth of the matter is, is yes, men have to kind of work on themselves more. And there's nothing to be ashamed about with getting a little bit of guidance if you don't want to use the word help. And we are right yeah. now in a world where this is highly acceptable and there's lots of avenues to take in order to get it. It doesn't have to be costly. But you have to think and use your mind when you're doing this in order to negotiate yourself with yourself to be the best you, regardless of what circumstance you're in at that moment. It, oh, man, like there's there's quite a few different things here. I know for myself, 
one of the huge revelations and when i bring this up people are like you're nuts to even say this but honestly i tell people i'm grateful my divorce did take place because i'm at the point now really i'm stepping into who i'm meant to be really doing what i'm meant to do in life but it took this type of situation which is not an easy situation to really open up and have me step into what i'm meant to do but i know when people are like well that's why would you be grateful for your relationship i'm like or the divorce i'm like well ultimately i wasn't who i was meant to be i wasn't being my true self i was showing up with a pseudo mask on and not being my true authentic solid self and it's one of those very sad things that you have people that will continue to propagates the pseudo mask and showing up as their unauthentic self because they're trying to approve everything in society. I tell people one of the biggest things for me is you either hate me or you love me. There's no in between. And some people come off that's like arrogant. I'm like, that's just because I'm not going to try to appease anybody. You either like what I'm doing or you don't. And you have to decide why you don't like it. But the other thing too that we have to understand, and this comes from personal development going on that journey. There's a book I've uh, read and I've touched base on this many, many times. It's The Buddha and the Badass by Vashin Lakhiani. And he had talked in there that you can't be fearful to repel the few because if you're fear- fearful of that, you're going to miss out on attracting the many. Yeah, It goes to the point where you've got to do the work and you've got to work on yourself and know who you truly are. But that's a scary thing sometimes because you're having to look yeah. in the mirror and that person that's probably staring back at you is somebody that you don't even love and you don't accept. And until you can get to that point where you love and accept that person that's looking at you, it's going to be hard to do anything in life authentically. Yeah, I believe that truthfully, everybody wants a good relationship and everyone wants to fall in love, but we shouldn't start trying to even seek a relationship or companionship until we're at a stable time in our life, because that's where the trouble starts again. It's not about loneliness. It's just, you know, I think so many people, most people are so disconnected. They don't know how to have a relationship. I work with people who, you know, because of social media and texting and everything, They are so insecure because they formulated some form of a relationship by texting the other person. When they explain all these things to me and when you see them continuously, it's a situation where they're building their relationship with you week by week. And I'm like, what makes you feel honestly that this is a relationship? It's not real. If somebody can't pick up the phone and talk to you, if somebody doesn't make time to see you, then that's it. I understand people are busy and I understand that people can't always pick up the phone and talk. So they text out of convenience. But a lot of people, especially young generations, you know, in their 20s and their 30s, they just text and they build something online. And this is not what it's all about. And then they get together and they Netflix and chill. And then here comes Mm. a baby. And I have to tell you, though, it's like, Get off the, not you, but people like that have to get off the hamster wheel and look in, but look into themselves first. And it's like, what are you doing? Because this is where all the problems are going to start. And because I'm involved with, you know, health and mental health talk and speaking and all of that stuff, I don't, I don't say like a lot of people just throw it out there. It's your fault or you have nobody but to blame yourself. But it's like, where does it start? 
Hmm. Again, it's about toxicity. It's like, choose your people wisely. So many people are so scared or so desperate to have someone in their life. They're afraid to go out of their close circle. And there's a whole world that's out there. And if it's not right, it's not the right time, then truthfully, it shouldn't be. You get a lot of times what you give if it's at a Mm. healthy moment. And if it's not at a healthy moment, you're going to get toxicity. There's a time where you have to just say, I need to break the pattern. It, It could be just simple, you know, just having friendships, how conversation with your family, your parents, change the way you talk to someone, flip it around and turn negative to positive. Start realizing what's good. If you're so afraid of people because you've been hurt so much, you have to face your fear. Everybody is different. And if you start really seeing with clarity that somebody is toxic or someone is abusive verbally or emotionally to you, you can ask a question. Why do you do this if they're a little bit closer in your life? Or you have a choice to just keep walking forward. Keep these people out of your element and get what you deserve. Hmm. Okay. Everybody deserves good, but sometimes we forget to keep the other stuff, the junk out. Other people's junk is not our junk unless we receive it and we bring it into our lives. And this is what we Mm. deal with, with divorce and separation and custody. And you have to keep your thoughts realistic when you're dealing with lawyers, because there's a lot of really, really good lawyers out there. And it's not because they charge a lot of money. They do it for the love of people. But there's other lawyers that want you to get caught up in the mess because of their advantage. And then on top of that, the court system has a different type of circumstance once you're involved with that. Hmm. Who is in control? You need to retain control and keep things into perspective. And all of this could end if you wanted to. But the problem goes back to ego. You have to decide depending on what the reasons are. You're laughing. (laughs) You, You know, whatever the reasons are that are in front of you that are so harsh or negative or destructive and say, why is this this way? It could be you. It could be the other party. It could be because just everything just got so out of control. And most of the time it's because of that reason. Things just got Mm. so out of control that nobody knows how to deal with it. So it just continues to build bigger and bigger because everyone's in denial because nobody wants to say, hey, we have to stop this. What happened here? There's so much hate and anger and game playing that when you come back to your true self, use a person who's in the middle, but you should use yourself to say, I don't like the person that I'm becoming with this. Or you can tell the other person, I don't like the person you became with this, but this is what I'm hoping we can do. Cut it to the core as fast as you can before it escalates. And most people just don't do that. And then you have court issues and you have problems with, you know, the children and 
maybe custody issues. And some of these issues can go on for years and years. And I'm telling you, you got to decide, you know, if you have children that are in your life that are responsive and accessible to you, if you really want them in there for the long term, because some people Mm. are their worst enemies. And unfortunately, there's a lot of fathers and mothers that for whatever reason, whether it's the other party or if it's that individual person that has destroyed the relationship with their kids, you need to work on yourself a little bit before you start pursuing other people. And then you can kind of clean it up, but you can't have a lot of strong or fast expectations because it probably took a long time to destroy. So it's going to take some time to rebuild, but you need guidance for the ones out there with egos. We won't say you need help, but everybody needs guidance. And sometimes when you go out of your natural environment and I'm talking your friends, your family, and you go to someone who can look into the circumstance a little bit more with clarity Definitely, you know, if they have some kind of, you know, experience and, you know, whether, whether, you know, you believe in a therapist or like a a master coach of some sort, you can work with someone to troubleshoot and help you get to the core. And yes, you have to do work. It's it's not a, a thought and then maybe a slight action. You have to keep that action going. And, you know, I, can I tell you, I, I have this this statement that I say to almost everybody, you look at it like we're an artichoke, right? You know, you're the core, you're in the middle, like the artichoke heart and the core in the middle, whether you're talking about a negative personality or negative situation, or you're having trouble with a, you know, job profession, you have a disorder or anything you can relate this to. You're in the middle, you're the core. The artichoke has all these layers with, you know, all these tight leaves that get tighter and tighter onto the core. Instead of dealing with one little symptom at a time, deal with the core first. So all of those leaves start to just fall off and then you will be whole. You'll be who you need to be. You have to um, fight your fear because fear is destruction and fear is what holds us back with everything. Jump into the deep end because if you jump into the deep end of the pool, you're not going to intentionally let yourself drown, right? So it's like jump into the damn deep end, challenge yourself, and swim, even if you don't know how to swim. If you start from the shallow end and you work yourself to the deep end, most of the time you're going to kind of talk yourself out of going to the deep. Hmm. And I I find that unique because the analogy there that you have with artichoke and that core center, Patrick, my business partner with Business Two Native Sons, he brings up the fact that people have to understand that you're 100% integral in everything. So if relationships are going haywire, you're 100% in every relationship. So now it goes back and doing the deep dive and looking at yourself. That's where you get into the point of people do not want to do that because they really have to buck up and say, all right, what is it about me that needs to be worked on? What do I need to bring to the forefront and change? But that can be scary because it could either be past your comfort zone or you're having to face something that you truly don't want to face. And I think that's what people get into the, the trouble with is 
they see the situation, but it's such a place that they don't want to visit that they're just going to push yeah. it to the side and just let it fester. And you doing that, that's not good for anything. And so, no, I, I love that analogy. And everybody has different analogies. And I tell people, I'm like, what I say may not resonate, but that analogy may resonate with somebody else for, I don't who that is, I don't know. But no, I, I, I'm grateful and I want to thank you for coming on and joining and giving that 4,000 foot overview because I think it's something that people, especially if you do have a very toxic situation, that mm-hmm. you really need to search out that help to get that assistance to help give you the guidance, especially if you're dealing with kids because you've got to understand that Kids will soak up everything. And then you go look at the studies. I think by age seven, they're 50 or 60% set. And then by the age Mm -hmm. of 16 or 17, they're 80% set. So you got to think about because the other thing we run into is kids really don't get the chance to voice and vocalize what's going on. A lot of times they want to speak, but parents are like, oh, you don't get to speak here, kid. I'm not going to listen to you. And it's like, that's not the way we want to go. But this is my perspective. This is what I've done. And this is the journey that I've gone on. Because if you shut down a kid, you end up really making a huge impact that could be a lot of work down the road that has to be unraveled and having to reconfigure for that kid. That kid's going to have to reconfigure. But if they're in the environment and they don't go and do the change to plant the flag and say, I'm done with this. I'm going to make the change Mm -hmm. because saying I'm going to make change is a scary thing because now you're having to stand up and look in the mirror and do what you need to, and then make that change going forward. Now I want to appreciate, I I truly am grateful for you reaching out and joining me here to talk about a a topic. Like I said, I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I had to go search it before (laughs) we had our initial call last week. But no, I'm grateful that you reached out. So usually a minute for an hour, we've gotten a little bit over, which is okay. But as as we're coming towards the end here, is there anything that maybe last minute thing or kind of something that resonated in regards with the talk? And also, what what, what was your experience like being here on the podcast that I host? Well, Scott, I actually loved being on your podcast you and i had a chance to talk and i really enjoyed talking with you and so when i have an opportunity to speak on a podcast i hope that i make the right decision and i really appreciate your passion to help other people especially when it comes to relationships and life and again for the protection of children so thank you for allowing me to discuss this I did bring this up to you. I said, hey, what do you think about this topic? Do you think that this would be of interest to you? Because a lot of people are starting to hear about it. But like I said earlier, it's what you hear mostly in court with, you know, children that were removed by social services or adoption or something like that. I'm like, no, it's private. And it's very popular, but people don't recognize the name. And unfortunately, they stay hear about it when it's too late and they have to most likely get involved with this. And so to get involved with this is not a negative, but if I can say on a human level, which is, you know, one of your sum up is that every person who has a rough past deserves to be happy. They deserve a second chance. Mm. And there's a lot of goodness in even people that consider themselves the worst. 
that's a problem in itself because nobody is the worst. You have the opportunity to be who you want to be. It may take some time. You may need a little bit of guidance, but start aligning the right people in your life. When you go through a divorce, unfortunately, we lose certain friends and connections because they're divorced along with this. Hmm. But don't look at these things as a negative. Keep moving forward and build the life that you always hoped for because it's a second chance. But don't build it with unappreciative foundations of your past because, you know, if you, you were married or you were cohabitating for a long period of time and you get a divorce or whatever the story is and there's no children, it's a cleaner cut. And you can decide not to communicate with that person and just move forward. But when there's children involved, it was your decision to have children. And you can't just pour water on them and just let them grow. We need to go back to Mm. old school values, morals, and heart. We all have that no matter how we're forced to live. It's not a gender a color or a financial situation where you're looking at different levels. It's within all of us. And we need to take a step back, take a deep breath and see and truthfully acknowledge and take responsibility for what was creative. Earlier you said it's not just one, it's 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 two, it's two. You know, we're all responsible for this, but You have two human beings that are a blessing, you know, you're the Mm -hmm. blessing and truthfully your ex is a blessing, no matter how nasty and dirty and mean that person may be. Because if you have children, that's the ultimate there. That's, that's unbelievable. That's the biggest gift that anybody can receive. You look at yourself and then you look at your kids and you say, how would you like your children to be? And it should be good people because goodness Mm. is definitely out there in the world. If you can't see it, it's because you're not aligned with it. And that means you need to change. Use the tools Mm. that you have in front of you right now to make that change. And I'm telling you, you'll have a happier and a better life and good things will come to you and your children will be healthier and happier and you know, we have a, hopefully a long road in front of us and you can watch the children grow and not have these problems. It doesn't matter, but it's like for whatever reason, we choose that other side. It didn't work out. We can't always blame the other side. We have to take accountability and just say the meanness and the nastiness, the court, all this stuff has to stop. So everyone could live calmly and nicely and truthfully stop, stop wasting money on areas that it shouldn't go and give your children, Mm. you know, more, show them your true, show show them your good self and give them that role model that perhaps you wish that you had, or show them that role model that you want them to have. So hopefully they have children and they have a better road ahead. 
<laughs> no, that that's huge. And it, it does go back to, like you've talked about, working on yourself, focusing on the individual and doing the growth piece. And so I think that that summarizes it perfectly because if we can make ourselves whole and complete, that truly is going to impact the lives of our kids in a positive light by showing up and being our true authentic self and then by being able to pour into other people and love those individuals as they are authentically it's going to be a huge thing and before we sign off here if somebody is interested i'll put it in the show notes i'll have to go back to facebook and put this in their comment section and then also on youtube i'll have to go in there twitch Right now I'm working on some stuff, so it doesn't save the videos, but if people can jump on and whatnot. But if people wanted to reach out and speak to you and maybe get some more advice or kind of figure out a way to go, I don't know exactly what it is for each individual. What's the best route or what are a couple of ways that individuals could reach out and speak to you? Okay, well, thank you for asking. Well, you know, you can go to reunionificationservices.com I'll spell it if you don't mind it's R-E-U-N I-F wait a minute R-E like it's not reunion <laughs> I gotta now I'm confused oh my god it's not like I started this yesterday <laughs> R-E-U-N-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N reunification reunification.com or you can google me jessica don russell d-a-w-n you know that's that's where i can be you got facebook and i know sometimes if you're not friends with people yeah. on facebook you can send a message and then it goes into no man's land so i know that's how we communicated so are you okay if people reach out on facebook that way too if they're going that route yeah that's fine that's fine. I, I work with my own Facebook and I have actually someone who also checks my Facebook, but we'll get the message or I'll get the message and we'll just kind of take it from there. Please know. Yeah. Awesome. No, I appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time, jumping on here. Appreciate you coming on, speaking on something that I would have butchered completely because I've never experienced it. So my biggest thing is finding the tools, the resources, finding the individuals that can provide this information to help others out because this could be something that somebody truly needs and this may be the only way they've heard of it before or if mm -hmm. they go on Google and they're finding some stuff that doesn't match up so but appreciate Jessica thank you for your time other than that I want to appreciate everybody that's either jumped on here and checked this out or if you're checking this on the replay or listen to this on the podcast say thank you for everything that everybody that you guys do for you guys being great humans and just showing up other than that I will catch you guys next week. I don't know. If, actually, no, I do have a guest on next week. And then I also will be recording another episode. I only do one episode normally, but I've got somebody else that will be on Thursday. So I've got an episode for Thursday and then next Sunday. So I do have two guests for the next two episodes. So check oh, that busy. out. Oh, you're busy. But other than that, <laughs> yes, yes. So, all right. Catch everyone later. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Scott.